0: The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports I look at the way you can celebrate I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster right to, to, to go actually actually want to win the match, you know or the treatment is just another game step that's, that's a question I have subscribe to the GAA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more
1: now, you're welcome, Max. So, we're turning to the weekend's GA. Yesterday, we had Armagh beat Donegal at Clonus. Cork came through against Limerick at Porky Cueve. And then on Saturday, doubleheader at Crow Park in front of a poor crowd, it must be said. We were just talking about that. Mayo struggled all day against Kildare, came through in the last 10 minutes or so. Before that, Clare. They were five points down with three minutes of normal time and then they scored 1-3 to break Roscommon Hearts. So we had our quarterfinal draw this morning. It goes as follows. On one side of the draw, we will have Kerry against Mayo we will have Cork against Dublin winners of those two games in the semi-final and then the other side of the draw we have four teams now eyeing up the very real prospect of an All-Ireland final Galway will play Armagh who beat Donegal yesterday and then the Ulster champions Derry will take on Clare very happy to say Billy Joe Padden is with us on the line Billy Joe great to have you on Sure. A couple of texts in, a few people saying Colin Collins. Can we start with Colin Collins? I mean, he's the longest serving intercounty manager in the country. I think McGeaney, same year as him, but maybe a few months afterwards. And we spoke to Column Collins late last year and he was recounting his experience of the COVID season and he was pretty much ready to walk away at that stage he felt that even he himself hadn't done a great job during COVID and it was the players and those around him who convinced him to stay at it and you can see why because everything Collins does is low key it's for the team and quarterfinal much deserved
0: Definitely. I think from his personality and I've never met the man but just from seeing him the way he is with his players on, on, on TV screens or when you're at a match and away from the way he, he, he is with the media he's so he's kind of unassuming and humble in, in everything he does but it's obvious there that he deals with his players the right way because but you know for, for sure the one thing you cannot doubt in you know, over these last number of years is that they give everything they can for him and not just their county and you know, we we're all pl- proud to play for our county when you get the opportunity but you still have to play for a person that you believe in and it's absolutely clear that those clear players believe in him and he's treating them the right way and they don't want to let him down and he said it himself in the interview afterwards with Sky Sports that he never doubted that they'd, they'd keep fighting uh, and, and that's the case and they did keep fighting and not only that, when the opportunity came to to take that chance, they took it and that, that goes down to good coaching and good mental preparation so he's obviously taken a lot of boxes in terms of being a high quality manager. Mm. Let's- Let's turn to Clonus
1: Donegal 18 points Armagh 317 that's the headline scoreline from the weekend eight weeks after Donegal had beaten Armagh I don't think Manny anticipated Armagh winning this game at a complete canter and running up the last 15 minutes with the result already decided this was extraordinary
0: Yes, and if you go into the second quarter of the game, uh, well, after the outstanding goal that Rory Gruden has scored and it was fantastic from throwing throw-in move, great kick game by Reno O'Neill, you know, attack. Uh, Rory Gruden attacks the ball and then he's a beautiful left foot foot. he actually placed it gently nearly into the top corner, wonderful finish. But after that, Donegal were playing really, really well. Michael Murphy in at the edge of the square, while he wasn't having an impact himself, it seemed to empower some of the forwards out the field. And their their shooting was, they were much more eager to shoot and they were accurate and they they, they went into a lead. But I didn't think the the, the the kickouts and the, the kickout strategy and the errors they made in that regard, then the black card and how that totally, you know, it, it muddled everything for Donegal. But that was that just the in that man needed because after that they were absolutely flawless throughout the rest of the game their usual aggressive selves they were physical around the middle of the field uh, and then you saw the quality that Rayne O'Neill and Rory Grugan and players like that have Soupy e. Campbell didn't have a great start to the game but he's persistent believes in his own ability kept going kept creating things and uh, they're a team now that's playing with a lot of energy a lot of confidence and they fully deserve their win
1: if there is that decisive period in the game, it probably is, as you said, around Patton's black card and the penalty. So both of those moments come courtesy of short kickouts being pressurised high up. We don't see that from every team. You know, we're just lauding Claire, for instance. Claire don't really get in your faces and, and try and steal short kickouts. They drop back to a certain point and they say, well, come and break us down from there. It's hard not to look at Armagh's approach and think, well, that's the way to do it. Why would you give a foothold to any team?
0: to Arma's credit and they do deserve credit for leaving forwards high up the field to, to apply that pressure and not only that when the mistake is made to be able to I suppose maximise that and take that opportunity whereas you know from Donegal's point you when they look back at these videos more often than not the ball got to where it was intended to go it was a handle error by the defender and lets the forward in mm. um, but it is to, to, to speak on your point it is brave by Armagh because a couple of times earlier in the game Patton went over the top with that brilliant kick out and put Donegal in a really good attack and position. So it is about risk reward. And definitely in this situation, Armad took the risk and got the rewards. And and that was absolutely huge for them. And I think I think sometimes when you look find yourself in the situation that Armad do where they went over to Bally Buffet it was a really timid performance. They would have been terribly disappointed with the way they played, and kind of were you know well beaten with 20 minutes to go in that game. And I think they they went into the game last week against Tyrone, thinking we're going to give this a lash, we want to play front football. That suits us. We want to get back to Crow Park. The most one of the most exciting performances of this season was Armand's performance against Dublin and Croke Park, where they played on the front foot, played attacking football, actually kicked the ball in. So they decided that's what they're going to do. And to do that, you have to put pressure on the opposition, kick out it and to play that sort that sort of way I don't think Armagh are the sort of team that can sit back for 25 minutes and not concede a free save they're too eager to get on the ball they'd be too impatient and and, and would be guilty of impatience and giving away a freeze so they want to play the game Hmm. in the opposition's half they want to be able to move the ball quickly into the full forward line so I think that was their approach the last two games and that's to McGuini's credit
1: and I'm sure you've been watching this team under McGuini for the last uh, seven years now has there been a, a, a moment you could pinpoint where he changed tack or has he always had them playing this kind of football?
0: They've always played this kind of or tried to play this kind of football. The, the problem has been that they're very, some, against some opponents, particularly in Ulster, they're very limited opportunities when teams get four, five, six weeks to prepare for you and they sit back in their shell and man would struggle to, to break them down because they wouldn't always show that patience Where and they want to have those counter-attacking opportunities where, you know, Rhian O'Neill maybe gets the ball out the field for a long-range shot or you're playing a, a pass in with uh, Soupy Campbell running directly at, at somebody or Rory Grugan really wants to play that cross-field diagonal into somebody in the forward, whether it's Aidan Nugent uh, or so, somebody in there or um, uh, turbot when he came on from Clenorin. Uh, that's the sort of football they want to play. You just don't get, uh, you're just not allowed to play that football, Worcester, of very often. Like in the qualifiers, sometimes things can be a bit more off script, and that that, that ha- has suited them. I suppose the one thing that stands out in a lot of our mass boards, what's exciting them over the since since yesterday is what basically is. It's the first time in Championship that they've put two consistently good performances back to back and got two big wins and that's that's the big thing that's the big takeaway from all this and that's the big difference maybe with some other good performances in, in the earlier part of McGinney's reign
1: Yeah, it was interesting Reno O'Neill made the exact point when it was put to him that this was you know wonderful and he was always oh look we're not getting carried away it's literally the first time we've put two performances back to back on Gold then I don't know perhaps his peak uh, age profile and we're 10 years on from that all-Ireland team and Michael Murphy has a few grey hairs now and McBrearty is, is not so uh, young anymore or um, you know I, I, I guess this applies to Declan Bonner's tenure as well so I, I, I don't know if it's age or if it's just the manner of the last 10-15 minutes which were so bereft of hope because the thing had unravelled and it was over but it just felt like an end of era day for that team that decade that we might be talking about 2022 as a as a line in the sand and and who knows i don't know bonner's intentions i don't know murphy's intentions or mcbriardy's intentions but it did just feel like it's not going to happen for this group who've been so built up at the start of several seasons over the last number of
0: years i think it's more down to just general approach and, and game strategy I think what you saw in those last 15 minutes was not a team that didn't really believe in what they were doing and didn't believe that it would get them the outcome that they needed in terms of getting that win. I think that they, as I said, they started well in that second quarter. They were pretty good yeah. until the the goalkeeping errors. But I, I think that there's more football in, in, Mc, in Murphy and McBurty. And I think that some of their young players have a whole lot of talent. You're talking about you know the O'Donnell lads, Langen, Jason McGee, you know Owen Van you know dynamic half-back attacks out of that area. There's still a lot of football in Ryan McHugh. Mm-hmm. I think that they will benefit from a more attacking approach. They have to tr- change their tack a little bit. They can't just be this team. No, I don't think any team can be this team that just sits back into a shell and hopes to get those seven or eight key counter-attacking moments where you'll run up the field and and get the scores particularly Donegal and the way they've been playing because their counter-attack has been totally reliant on running the ball mm. you know if your counter-attack has a mixed game has an element of it where you've somebody in the middle of the field that has confidence to play a cross-field ball or even somebody that will kick it 40 yards out of defence and you've, you've got yourself in behind four or five of the opposition defenders Donegal haven't done that it's all been all been about the running game and even in a counter-attack game that hasn't, that hasn't been good enough they've got to find other ways of getting scores and I, I but I still think there's a lot of good young footballers there that have a lot of football left in them uh, and it will be remains to be seen what Declan Bonner will do mm. uh, but I do think they need to change their approach.
1: Yes and maybe that change in approach re-energizes even the elder statesman. It, it did seem by the way as a, an odd decision to take off McBrearty of all players and he wasn't happy to come off which which suggests he wasn't injured.
0: Yeah well I think that whole look it's a very unique situation and you're on the line and you have to decide what you're going to do. I think if you had confidence in an outfield player surviving 10 minutes in goals that you wouldn't you would do that and save yourself the the substitutions that you wasted. I think Mark Brutti doesn't want to come off in that situation if they had an outfield player that could could have gone in there and just been had the, the 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 kicking ability to kick it 60 yards each time off the kicking tee which I think you know there should be plenty players that would be into that and hope that you survive within well, you save Substitutions. Whereas I think, in some ways, what they did sent a message to their bench. Okay, well, we've just cut our substitutions basically in half, and we don't really believe in what's going to come off the bench that's going to save this game. Mm. And I I think it just it sent out the wrong mental message to the whole squad.
1: Mm. Mayo Kildare then Crow Park doubleheader. Paltry crowd. I mean, it's there's Mayo just the oddest team in the country by just some distance and like you go right back to the 06 semi-final Dublin for instance like this propensity to win games that they probably don't deserve to win or don't look like winning bar All-Ireland Finals is parody of itself at this stage I, I would put it to you the first 35 minutes on Mayo's part, that's the worst 35 minutes they've produced in maybe 15 years, I don't know, do you? It's, it's, I was going to say maybe the 06 uh, All-Ireland Final against Kerry, but that was more down to Kerry being brilliant as well. Just in terms of the basics, the turnovers, the shots, the the, the mistakes, I can't think of Mayo playing a worse 35 minutes in a decade plus.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, the, the, to be honest with you, the, the thirty minutes of the second half against Galway this year in the championship was pretty horrific as well. Well, that's, you know, that's just... pretty
1: worrying then if we're in the same season. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it, it, it definitely is, and I would, I would say that you know I, I don't like comparing it to other poor performances, but there was probably 55 minutes of the game the last day against Kildare, which was not good, and 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 not anywhere near the standards that they would normally set for themselves. I think James Horn was absolutely honest in his post-match interview when he said that the levels of intensity, the levels of work rate, coordination, just attitude, were totally way off the pace, and that's not something that you expect from Mayo. Even when when they're not going well, you, you always get the feeling that they're grinding, they're trying and they're going through that but it was just so off the pace and i think a lot of it stems from the fact that you know you're missing rhino donahue killian o'connor is having to play with you know uh, coming back from an injury where he hasn't a lot of football under his belt, there's rumours that he can't really tain, tain, train during the week. So, you know, what's his conditioning levels? Like, Tommy Conroy is obviously a huge miss. Many of the other forwards that are getting opportunities are not playing well. Manny Ruon, who's been a big player for me over the last two seasons, is not playing well at the minute. So, Jeremy uh, O'Connor, while working hard, not really getting on the end of stuff. Jason Darty struggling to come back from injuries as well. Conor often struggled to get into the game the last day. So, you have an attacking unit that's not really functional. No. And, you have a that that leads you in a situation where you're totally reliant on Lee Keegan, Owen McLaughlin, Ushin Mullen doing something for you. And to be honest with you, they, those lads played well in the first half and kind of kept Mayo in the game and continued that strong performance into the second half. And Mayo got a little help coming off the bench. And that help coming off the bench, um, it it, it brought Jim O'Connor into the game, brought Connor Loftus into the game while he was there. And, and Manny Rowan finished the game stronger than he started it. But at the same time, Kildare, when I look back, I think Mayo actually come out and win this game. Kildare really will be kicking themselves in the way they finish the finish the, the last twenty minutes of that game because up to that point it was a dramatic turnaround in their level of intensity compared to what they they showed in the in the Leinster final. And I probably put as much down to Mayo winning this game last Saturday on Kildare's kind of. Uh, running out of gas mm. and lack of know-how in that situation of a game as much as males improved play
1: yeah it really opened up in the second half it gathered pace it gathered a certain wildness it, uh, cynical or otherwise Kildare needed to slow the thing down again make it stop start again and then they'll re- reflect on some very poor uh, missed chances well, as well and wides and there was a there was a great save as well on uh, Kildare so, uh, much improved in the Leinster final and there was an intensity in their tackling. I don't know how many turnovers, particularly in the first, as you said, 55 minutes or so they came away with, which was very impressive. But on this complete 180, philosophically say, where they concede the five goals against Dublin, all season they've had very good attack and been a little bit open at the back has been the general sense of Kildare. How would you feel as a, as a player if your management team have this this philosophy for so long have the Dublin match and then go 15 men behind the ball I mean it's not even we'll leave Flynn and another up I mean it's, it's 15 men behind the ball we are, we are Donegal in 2011 here that is that is what we're going for I mean do you think players look at management when they do that and, and wonder like how are we here after 5-6 months of work and now we're, we're doing this complete 180 or do you suspect fair enough they understand the rationale well it depends on the level
0: of communication between the management team and the group if if the whole idea around staying, you know, positive and playing really attack-minded football and taking those risks was on the basis that you're going to win a Linster Titan in Crow Park. You go anything you're going to do after that is going to be in Crow Park, and the, those big wide open spaces will suit you in terms of creating chances. That's true to an extent, but you can't concede the amount of chances that Kildare have been shipping. Even in the league game against Mayo, I think it was playing Ciarán Shannon earlier on. It was like. Neither team could defend that day, and they could, mm. could have been five goals each in that situation. So there were hints that this was going to be a big problem in the, throughout the league, and even that game against Dublin in in Ubridge, there were a lot of Dublin missed opportunities there that could have ended in a very different result. So I, I think that the players, if they have a question, they'll say, "Well, look, we should have made this decision earlier."
1: We well, sorry, yes, had... even even that's the point, Jen, and maybe that's the reason they run out of gas. You get better at doing it, you get more efficient at doing it. I mean, why why wait till three weeks before the Mayo game to actually have this road to Damascus moment?
0: Completely. And that 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 the writing was on the wall for that earlier in the season and that change should have been made. But I suppose if you want to put a positive spin mm. on what happened the last year for Kildare is that those players themselves and the management team can point to that 55, 60 minutes against Mayo and say in terms of intensity, in terms of physicality, in terms of level of commitment, in terms of I suppose communication and playing for each other. That's your marker. Yeah, that you can't can't go below that. You have to hit that again, and that has to be our starting point for whatever game plan you play next season. But I think you know any of these teams, unless unless you unless you're confident that you can go away, and, and none, none of the teams out there are, uh, you know, not even Dublin at their absolute. All time ever best. Three or four seasons ago, we're going into games with that level of, I suppose, taking that level of risk to play an attack mm-hmm. game plan. You have to be able to defend in thirteen with thirteen and fourteen men at times in each game, and that, in some ways that has to be your starting point that has to be your foundation yeah. that you you develop early in the league and then you tweak that as you go along in terms of you might have to sit back into that shell when things aren't going well for 10 minutes in the game mm. when things aren't going well you can release a few more bodies to be attack might
1: Yeah to be fair it gives Kildare something to build on it's such a pity for them now that that's it for basically 7 months you know and have to, they'll have to dust off the copy of this tape and, 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 and pick it up and go again but I suppose that's the nature of things on uh, Mayo and this is not a new point so against that kind of blank approach and maybe echoes of the Galway game so there seemed to be just this feature of Mayo possession in their own half uh, very slow Kildare players are retreating and there are still Kildare players in, in the Mayo half but they're retreating and you know they're going to get to a point where it's all 15 men inside say the 65 metre line Mayo refuse at any of those moments to ever kick a ball to ever kick a ball, like you wonder what the two men inside are doing because uh, they're just they're just they're not even making runs. It's like they know if I make a run, I'm, I'm not going to get the ball here. And then Kildare get in their shape, and Mayo find that type of defence as any you know laws of physics applied, any team would very difficult to break down. And you just kind of think like I, I didn't. I didn't understand it. You know, you're watching it and you're like, w- so slow, letting Kildare get back and then you find this hard to break down and and it's, you know, Hail Mary stuff in the end from Oisin Mullen and others. Uh, can you explain this to me? Like, I was thinking even, stick in a- Aidan O'Shea wasn't having a good game, stick in O'Shea and lob a few into him. Look at what Armad did in the first minute against uh, Donegal, but it, it's it's this one-dimensional approach to a team that wants to get back and defend.
0: It was obvious to me in the modern game that Mayo had worked on playing into a blanket defence and that's the way they had spaced out their whole attack, the way they'd kept depth in their full forward line. You know, uh, Jack Carney is a very inexperienced player, plays a lot of his football midfield in the half forward line, but he's been asked to do a job in the full forward line So you know, as a result of the, the injuries that Mayo have. And he stayed very in close to the goal, great depth in on the penalty spot and that stretched the field in McHale Park as much as, as they could. There was none of that in in crow park in those open stages they didn't move the ball quickly enough from left to right to maybe to try and outflank the kildare defense and anytime they did go and ball carrier the ball carrier did go and even if they had support you know the the ball handling was so poor that it was lost in a tackle dropped down or and picked up by a Kildare player and they were away on a on a counter-attack i do agree to agree with you to a certain extent you had jack carney in there and james Carr. Now, both of those players are decent ball winners. Jack Carney won a great ball in the first half that was a, a, miss, a shot mm. from James Carr that went up in the air. And Jack Carney showed brilliant hands to catch it clean and lay it off to Ole McLaughlin. I think that might have been the one that, um, uh, the save that that then resulted, that went over the bar. And and earlier on in the game, even though he missed, um, James Carr made a really good mark, but missed the, the subsequent chance off his left foot. And, yeah. yeah, those chances are there. So look, you're talking, you're saying you kicked the ball in twice and you got a score out of it and another scoring opportunities you should have made a better use of so if you had come away from that first half and said well you kick seven or eight balls in that might have turned out to maybe four scores if, if, if things are going well mm. and i would be i would be saying that that's the approach you should take Against a blanket defense like that it can never be your plan a it can yeah. never be your plan a to kick the ball in there because too much will just be broken down and you'll be countered against so you've got to spread out space the field much better. Your ball handling outfield has to be much sharper, much quicker. You've got to move it from left to right quicker to try and put somebody in on the right wing with an outside shot. And even if, if that's better, if your movement out there is better, you might suck uh, uh, a sweeper out of it and then that might open it up for those seven or eight times that the longer ball is on. But if you're, if your ball movement isn't good enough, and you don't have the confidence to, to kick the ball in, well then that's the problem. And the other thing I say about Mayo and kicking the ball in, it's different if you Rory Grugan out the field with a beautiful left foot foot that can you know make a ball hang in, in the corner, um, or I think there was another one over the weekend in the other game. I can't remember at at, at at the minute now who it was. I think it was actually maybe for Kildare and, and um, uh, Flin. Was yeah, Flin Yeah, actually, yeah, where he comes and makes the, like an Aussie Rules style style you know leap and catch. You have to have the players out the field that that's what they're good at. Mm. If you look at the Mayo midfielders and the Mayo halfback line, Ole McLaughlin is a runner. Paddy Durkin is a runner. Yeah. You know, Stephen Cohen's gonna sit back and defend. Aidan O'Shea is, doesn't have doesn't have that kicking ability. Matthew Ruhlin doesn't have that kicking ability. You're probably reliant on Jeremy O'Connor finding himself in a wide situation. He's the player that has that long diagonal ball pass. They just don't have that many options of players to play that ball.
1: Mm. you'd be so tempted to just completely write them off but of course you can't because it's Mayo and so we'll preview the Kerry-Mayo game again and and this is the thing like Kerry will still be thinking we're untested coming into this and Mayo certainly have fitness if nothing else at the moment just one quick question and and literally 30 seconds if you can where are you on the plane those games on Saturday at Crow Park debate we were talking about it on the news round and you know we were saying seven of the Clare team had never played at Crow Park before so we can see how they you know as players might love to be there but there are many many arguments against
0: well, it's an argument that the G, you know, the decision is for the GAA, and there's no doubt. If you ask the players, the players, and more often than not, Mayo, were delighted. The game was a call back. They, you know, they're so familiar with the surroundings. If you are Roscommon or Clare or, or even Kildare, you can see the psychological psychological effect of getting hammered by Dublin. They would have much preferred going back and having a positive experience in Co. Park if they were able to hold out for the win against Mayo. So the players, I think, would you know enjoy playing in Co. Park and recognise if you want to win the big games, that's the place where you'll have to win them. Uh, I think it's a totally different thing for uh, supporters when you consider the costs, the, the cost of living crisis that we're in. The GAA has to make those decisions. And not only not only to, to take those things, and they should be a major consideration of what the GEA uh, are considering when they're fixing games, but just the fact that the atmosphere, and I hate to use the word, but the product, yeah. whether you're at the game or whether you're watching on television, sometimes the atmosphere in um, provincial grounds, the atmosphere in Clonus looked really good yesterday for Armagh. So, you know, that's that's you know that's, that has to be a consideration as well.
1: Okay, Billy Joe Padden. Thanks so much, Billy Joe, cheers.